this is Elizabeth Spring at NorthNodeAstrology.com, and today we're going to talk about the importance of looking at the aspects in a chart, and we're going to use Ernest Hemingway's chart as an example. There's a um, brilliant uh, new show, a documentary on his life on the Netflix, PBS, uh, special, and uh, whether you, it's worth watching, whether you, you like him or hate him, and it's fascinating to look at his chart, because his chart truly illustrates the importance of aspects. Those are the lines in the middle of the chart, and we'll be talking about his chart without the aspects and with the aspects. So, Thanks for coming by today, and um, if you want to find out more, uh, I'm always here on this podcast at North Node Astrology, and I hope you'll subscribe or leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, um, and you can find me at northnodeastrology.com. So today we're going to be talking about Ernest Hemingway's chart, a fascinating chart, and particularly in regard to aspects. Now, an aspect, uh, as some of you know, there are squares and trines and sextiles and oppositions, and they are geometric angles between the planets, and they are the lines that are in the middle of any chart that you will look at. And if it is an opposition or a square, we know that there is a tension involved. It's not a free flow of energy between the planets involved. An opposition, 180 degrees, is always opposite. There may be something in the outer world that is coming, either coming up against more. A square is more of an internal. Uh, tension or struggle within yourself. And the trines and sextiles are the opposite. They are the free-flowing energies between the planets. Uh, The um, trine at 120 degrees is a flow of energies of cooperation between the planets. And the sextiles at 60 degrees could be seen as a almost like a trine, um, but you have to work, it's a stimulation, you have to work just a little harder to make it a possibility. Sometimes I think it's like a sextile is you pick up the phone first and make the call and then you'll get the answer that you want. You don't want to wait for it to come to you. But anyway, those are some of the primary aspects and there is also one that we're going to be talking about today Uh, That's a very important one. And a lot of uh, very successful people have this in their life because it's very motivating. It's called a T-square. And it's when two squared aspects come together to one planet and they're also opposite each other by an opposition. So it's a a, a triangulated... um, challenging aspect that often is so uncomfortable that it motivates a person to do things. And again, these are are not bad or good. They are just the relationships between these 
uh, planets that we see in the aspects. So let's look at, at Hemingway's chart first, just from a superficial looking at his signs. Okay, his son is in Cancer, but very close to Leo, and his moon is in Capricorn, and he has Virgo rising. He also has Mars in Virgo in the first house. He has Mercury in Leo. Um, and let's just stop there for a second. Now this, this does not sound to me like the chart of a of a person who was legendary, iconic, um, male, assertive, overboard kind of person, uh, as we know that he was. But let's look at it for a second. Okay, there is the sun that is uh, close to being on the cusp of Leo, but it is in Cancer. And we know that he had... Um, a, a closeness with his mother, but a very troubled and brutal relationship with her. What about the aspects to it? Well, it is square, intense relationship to Jupiter, the planet of excess and overdoing. This is a key point. This was really, in many ways, his downfall, this this overdoing that... Um, you know, led into his alcoholism, led into his really going over the top in, in what he did. Uh, another aspect there from the sun is trining Uranus. So he felt that Uranus can bring up unexpected things. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's very daring. It wants to do something different. So he had this trine aspect between the sun and Jupiter and the sun I mean, a, a sun square to Jupiter and a sun trine to Uranus. So he felt he could get away with doing anything in his life, and he put himself in dangerous situations all the time, and he came out alive and smiling, for the most part, except in the long run, the overdoing killed him. Uh, I think at maybe around 61 years old. So... And what about how he generally approached the world? He became such a famous writer. Well, if you look at his ascendant, it is in Virgo and Mars in Virgo in the first house. That's the part of him that could say to himself, this is a craft. I am going to work at my craft. And that is what he did. He would get up every morning very early and he would work the first half, half of almost every day on his craft. He was a craftsperson, and he knew how to use words, use that, that mercury in his chart. He, he used it very well. Now, if we keep uh, looking at this, the most prominent planet in his chart is Pluto. Pluto is the lord of the underworld. It brings us to those sometimes hellish places in life, and it is a planet of transformation. It's, it's the phoenix. It's, it's the new life. So it's not 
bad in it of itself. But if we look at how it is aspected in Hemingway's chart, we see that it is part of this T-square. Pluto is opposite. Uranus is, um, uh, I'm sorry, is opposite Saturn. Saturn, Pluto opposite Saturn, Saturn squaring Mars, Mars squaring Pluto. That is a serious T-square there. Now, that to me explains his personality. A Mars-Pluto aspect in a chart has got lots of male assertive energy and can be well used and it can also be misused and we see that um, in his life that Mars Pluto you know the love of the bullfight the love of going to war zones the choosing to be in um, situations where people are are dying and there's a lot of brutality he used that as the uh, the fodder for his writings uh, and we see it also squaring Saturn here. So Saturn is the planet that can um, resist. It, it, it's, it can be fearful. It can delay things. You put um, a planet such as Saturn, and he had it in Sagittarius, so it wanted to burst out of itself. And you put that opposite Pluto and squaring Mars in this T-square. And I would say that that is the story of his life. And in fact, when I watched the special on Hemingway, I thought to myself, if his chart doesn't reflect who he was, I can't believe in astrology anymore. But it truly does. And, okay, so what about the nodes that we've been talking about here? He had a north node in Sagittarius, and he had a south node in Gemini. So as we know, the south node has to do with past life experience, earlier life experience, and he had it in the Mercury-ruled sign of Gemini, saying that he came from a situation where he was meant to be fast-talking and communicative and clever and gather information and have many different experiences. But what was he supposed to do with that? He was supposed to bring it to that North Node Sagittarius. And what that is, is gathering together all the disparate bits of information and making it into a coherent whole philosophy that I'd have to say it's almost like a spiritual philosophy. It's, it, it, it guides one in, in life. And he had so many opposites going on with him. The um, love of, of women and yet the extreme difficulty of, of women. We see uh, the moon opposite Venus, both that rule um, relationships with women and trying to be, you know, family-oriented, which he did a pretty good job of in some ways with the sun and Venus in Cancer. 
but it is the aspects to these um, planets here. And, of course, in terms of aspects, the south node is always an opposition to the north node because we're not trying to do the default pattern of, you know, for him gathering more information and having more and more and more experiences and it was uh, that south node was conjuncting Pluto as well um, and Neptune um, but he was meant to to gather it into a coherent philosophy of life that could sustain him he lived a life that was unsustainable in the long run you see this in the movie how he aged prematurely way 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 before his time because he could not handle uh, the excess of the of the Gemini South node, um, the Sun squaring Jupiter, that is definitely a sign that there could be grace in one's life and opportunity, but it had to be taken in a measured way and not overdone. So that was some of what I saw in his, his chart. Um, and I think also emotionally, if one is to look at the fact that he had the moon in Capricorn, and uh, the moon often represents the mother. So there was this, he cut off the relationship with the mother. She, was, uh, she cut it off with him. He, they had a, a, a vicious relationship between them but it's also because because perhaps he had a a deeply karmic relationship with her um and i see that very often in somebody who has uh cancer in his chart like like he had the venus in cancer and the sun in cancer so if you um want to look up his his chart on your own he his birthday is july 21st 1899 at 8 a.m. in the morning in Oak Park, Illinois. So I hope you learned something from this today. I hope it piqued your your interest. And thanks for coming by. And I am, as always, Elizabeth Spring. Not at elizabethspring.com anymore, but at North Node Astrology. Thanks for dropping by. Mm-hmm.